ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, July 20th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Hard Seltzer. It is made here. Coming up today on the program, Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch. He was on hand last night as Team 23 put the dagger, or as some have said, the sword in the heart of Heard That winning the game. Tell me you don't like the Elam ending. If you can't, after watching that game last night, tell me you like the Elam ending. You're dead inside because Heard That had chances. Of course, Team 23 had chances to end it early, and it was exciting basketball. And we'll never probably see this in my lifetime in an NBA or a NCAA game. But the Elam ending has really caught on with me and a lot of people. It's exciting. And I won't be surprised if others will use it in the future. Other leagues maybe go to it. I don't know if we're going to see this in international competition or Olympic basketball, but I thought it was fantastic. We're going to talk to Tim a little bit later on the program because I know we've got questions. Team 23 came out, talked a little junk. Team 23 came out, played a little nasty. At least that's what the mentions on social media have expressed to me. Team 23 is playing a little nasty. Uh, TV Ted was calling the game, Ted Valentine. And, of course, if you are a Hurt fan of of any length, you understand that when TV Ted's calling the game, it's not going to go the way of the Hurt, at least according to Hurt fans. So we'll talk to Tim. Tim was there last night. He's covering it as a journalist, so he will give us an unbiased opinion of his take on what happened with Heard That. And, of course, unfortunately, we don't get that matchup between Heard That and Best Virginia. Best Virginia beating D2 yesterday. So it's going to be Team 23 versus Best Virginia on Wednesday. How many of you are now rooting for Best Virginia just to beat Team 23? It seems like, I don't know if it's Odd Elmore, it's John Elmore, or it's just a combination, but it seems that those two have sort of united the factions a little bit here. We, we sort of have a detente here between fan bases. It's, it's fun to see some of this sometimes going on in, in a situation like this where you got people who root for Best Virginia rooting for Heard That. You had Heard That people rooting for Best Virginia. You have a lot of Heard That people rooting for Best Virginia on Wednesday. It's kind of nice, isn't it, right? Yeah? Maybe not? Okay. You can express your opinion on social media at me, at Paul Swan on Twitter. And, of course, you can join us on Facebook, The Drive with Paul Swan. We've got a page and a group. You can join the conversation there. So basketball action coming up tonight. A little bit bigger deal than the TBT. I know, I know, that might be sacrilege, but there is a bigger deal than the TBT coming up tonight, and it's going to be Game 6 of the NBA Finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up tonight. TV's got it at 9. We go on the air 8 o'clock on our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and 1340. Milwaukee leading the series three games to two. I've been talking about it since the beginning of the series. I was taking the Bucks in six. Here we are. It could happen tonight. This could go seven. I'm not going to tell you that that's not a possibility, but 
I'm looking for Milwaukee just to finish this thing, end it after going down 0-2 in the series to be up 3-2. You want to just end this thing and be done with it and give Milwaukee the championship. And, of course, again, that's going to be on ABC tonight, 9 o'clock. And we start at 8 o'clock with our coverage on Cat Sports 93-3 and 13-40. Baseball action coming up tonight. Pittsburgh taking on Arizona. Out on the West Coast again, 9.15 is our airtime. And then, of course, also the Mets taking on Cincinnati. That is coming up tonight on Bally Sports Ohio. I'm still not used to saying that yet. That's 7 o'clock on Bally Sports Ohio. It's, it's been always Fox Sports Ohio to me. So it's it's just not rolling off the tongue the way you think it would be. What else we got coming up tonight? Well, we're going to get into a little bit of what's happening with Conference USA. I'm going to save that for a little bit later on. But you had the coaches coming out today with their football award winners, the preseason Conference USA Football Awards, and not a single Marshall player. There's only three awards, so this is a major slight. But at the same time, there's not a single Marshall player on that list. There's not a Marshall player that was worthy of the Offensive Player of the Year Award, the Defensive Player of the Year Award, or the Special Teams Player of the Year Award. So we'll get into where the coaches went with this. Of course, if I'm on one of those teams, and I think that, well, my guy's the best, I'm going to vote for him, obviously. If I'm on a team where I didn't get selected, just going to add that to the fuel, add that to the fuel, see if I get that fire up a little bit more because right now you get a lot of guys probably thinking, hey, wait a minute, I should be, if you're into that now, if you use that for motivation, if you, I mean, the preseason one's fine. That's great. That means people are looking at you and they've given you your respect and that's fantastic. It's the one that you want. It's in the end of the year. I mean, it'd be great to get them both, but you want the one at the end of the year. The one at the end of the year is basically they couldn't deny you. You did what you needed to do, and you won that award. And, of course, awards are always going to be subjective, and they're always going to have people who think that the panel got it wrong or the coaches got it wrong or someone got slighted, all of that. And, of course, if I'm a player and I got slighted, I'm using that as fuel. And if I'm a player and I get one of these awards – I'm thinking, I got my respect, or you got a target on your back, too. So a lot of guys re- react differently to these preseason awards. So we'll get into that as well. Also, uh, we'll talk a little Marshall softball. Allie Harrell being honored. She is uh, racking up her accolades. And good news for the Marshall volleyball team as well. They're doing it in the classroom. So that's important stuff. We'll get into that. Now, I want to get into really what's happening with the TBT. Tim Stevens is going to join us on the other side of the break. Uh, we're going to talk to him about what happened last night. We'll try to slide in a little high school football action with him as well, if time permits. And uh, as I promised someone who works at HD Media earlier, I will find out what the dad joke of the day is from Tim Stevens. That's when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Last night was a heartbreaker for her. That losing in the TBT Elam ending was exciting, though. John Elmore did everything he possibly could, and the team still falls a little short in their quest to win the $1 million. 
guy that was there last night trying to earn a million dollars in his lifetime, of course, working in media. We're not going to hit that number. Tim Stevens joins me from the Herald-Dispatch. And don't you wish we could just get out there and compete for a million dollars? That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know I, who would be I, fun watching that. it, though. <laughs> I don't know exactly what we do, but, man, we'd, we'd sure give it our best shot. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, and, and, of course, you were covering the game last night, so you can give me an objective opinion as a journalist, Tim, as a journalist. Um, uh-huh. if, if we had Ted Valentine on our side, you think we could win this tournament? <laughs> we could because Ted, Ted since Huber is worth about 20 points. So, you know, that gives us. A- that gives him an edge right there. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a 20-point advantage for for the other team at all times. Let let me honestly ask you, uh, watching that game last night, how much of a factor really was he and how much of that was just people mad on social media? Nah, most of that was just people mad on social media. You know, the, they were upset that um, that Odd Elmore's three-pointer was only counted as a two. But it was right in front of me. Uh, you know, I mean, right directly in front of me. And his foot was on the on the line, just barely. And, you know, Ott was fussing. It looked to the crowd like Ott was arguing with, with Ted. But really, they were joking back and forth. You know, it wasn't really, really anything anything heated. So, you know, what you, what you could see on TV or from the stands wasn't... Uh, a real true indication of what was going on. I, you know, I was within you know ten feet of it and could hear the conversation. So, so now he was he wasn't bad at all. Um, you know, he was having a lot of fun last night, and, and both teams were kind of jawing at him a little bit. But that went with uh, with the two other officials too. So, so now that Ted Ted did all right last night. He wasn't bad. Didn't Ted point out that he was Ted Valentine? I mean, didn't at one point in this game he had to point out, "Hey, look, do you know who I am? Did you realize who I am?" <laughs> TV Teddy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to point it out. Everybody knows TV Teddy, you know. They they all know him. But his uh, one quote though, and and this was was just to my right too when he was was talking. He said, "Hey, you know, I've you know I've given five tech, I've called five technical fouls in a game and thrown Bob Knight out. You know, you're talking to the wrong guy. You know, if, if uh, you're referring to players that were questioning his calls and that kind of stuff. So, so you know, and he did he did overturn one of his calls in Marshall's favor." Uh, a ball that bounced off of one of the players. I don't remember who it was. Bounced off a off a knee of uh, one of the team twenty three players and out of bounds. And originally he called it team twenty three's way, but uh, he, he he quickly reversed that. Kind of a you know not an inadvertent whistle, but uh, he he recognized he'd made the wrong call and corrected it in a hurry. So so he did all right last night. Joining us is Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch. Last night team twenty three beat the heard that uh, it was an exciting Elam ending. Um, it seemed like they had Marshall or heard that's number. See, I'm like everyone else. I was calling a Marshall too for for a time here, and uh, everyone struggled with that. But Team 23 had heard that's number for the longest time. It felt like. Um, what do you think the flow of the game really was? It felt like that this team came out and was just nasty with the herd. I don't know if herd that was uh, ready to handle a team that nasty. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a shock, I think. And, and honestly, those guys were pretty good. You know, they had three guys who had played in the NBA. It's like, well, yeah, but they were only in, in the NBA combined for you know very few games. But if you're in the NBA at all, if you're in the NBA for 10 minutes, you're one of the better basketball players in the world. You know, if you think about it that way. They had three of those guys. They were really, that was a really talented basketball team. And they came out, uh, you know, very physical. 
Uh, they did a great job of creating open shots. I mean, do really, really good job of that. They're very long. Uh, their length affected. Uh, heard that's three-point shooting. Uh, you know, you, you saw John Elmore get a three-point shot blocked. Even in, in Conference USA, that never would have happened. You know, and, and but one of their guys was was able to swat it away in a, during a key time late in the late in the game. And you know, that was a, a really legitimate team that they lost to. And they they came out and took control early, and then had to hang on. But, but yeah, that that's a very good team. Uh, them and West Virginia coming up to, could be a really interesting game because uh, this team twenty three plays to its talent. You know, they can go a long way in this tournament. They're really good. Do you think the way this uh, tournament is structured, the Elam ending? It would have not been this close if it would just played out the regular style of basketball. Because if you're looking for an argument why the Elam ending is exciting, this is a game you show people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't think I would like it. When I first learned of a, uh, what an Elam ending was, I thought, ah, that's not real basketball. It's like the DH in baseball. That's not the real thing. But I, after seeing it these these couple of games here in person, I really like it. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you're not going to have 87 timeouts. You're not going to go into overtime. So, you know, ESPN likes it, TV likes it, because you, you know, you're going to get your keep your your games on schedule. Uh, but, man, it's really fun. I mean, it's a, a uh, marathon throughout the first, you know, however many what, minutes, three and a half quarters, and then, then it's a dead sprint to whatever the set number is. Uh, and last night it was 72. Uh, I really, I really liked it. I mean, if you're going to, uh, yeah, if you're going to make an argument for the Elam ending, that's the game to show. It was, it was just terrific. Um, I loved it. Love to see that, uh, see that more often. Tim Stevens, my guest. So, what do you think it would have taken for for this team to maybe beat Team Twenty Three? Odd Elmore not coming out in the second half and being able to play probably was a big factor, but it felt like. This was probably the better team than it was last year, and that team went pretty far. But at the same time, the competition seems like it's pretty good as well. So it was this just a matter of, okay, first team to, to whatever target score wins, and it's going to be that close of a game, and, and it could have gone either way? Yeah, it's a, I think the, the Delft kid that was so good, the seven-footer um, out of Florida, uh, for her that was so good in the first game, didn't didn't really click against these guys last night. That hurt them. But what hurt them even more, I think, was uh, was turnovers. You know, they had some uh, some turnovers I think they didn't expect, and many of them were because Team 23 was so handsy. You know, they they would disrupt the flow, you know, get deflections, uh, even if they didn't didn't cause a turnover. They they disrupted heard that's offense. So I think you know, somebody, if I had to add a player to uh, to heard that yesterday, I would have probably gone with a with a point guard. Uh, you know uh, that, that could match up with with some of those guys that Team Twenty Three have because they, they were just always getting a hand on the ball. They were quick, uh, and when they and when they get a loose ball, the outlet pass was boom, and they were down court in a hurry. So so I'm thinking a little better ball handling uh, would have would have made a difference in that game. As far as the tournament itself, opportunity for a player like John Elmore to really show what he's about. Do you see an opportunity maybe in the future for, for Elmore, for, for John? Because you look at social media, you look at the buzz this thing is generating, people are talking about it. And I think John has proved over the last few tournaments that he can play quality basketball. Do you think he's got enough to maybe make that leap? He could possibly 
even be on an NBA roster? And has he made enough of an impression to maybe get a look or a proper proper look from a team? I think he's made enough of an impression. It only takes one. You know, it only takes one scout from one team uh, to like you enough for that team to sign you. And yeah, he's done enough to, to maybe get that, you know, to get somebody to take a chance on him. Uh, you know, is he going to come in and be an NBA starter or all-star? And that's, that's awfully hard to do. It's like we were just talking about. The three guys on Team 23 who played in the NBA, they didn't play there for very long. Uh, and you know, and they, were, they were really good. So the John, yeah, John has a, a, a shocked with with his performance 28 points last night and his ability to to shoot the ball and his ability as a leader helps too uh he's he's got enough to uh to attract some you know some team to take a chance on him at least at the very least get him in training camp and show what he can do uh, and then you know from there it's it, you know it's up to him to see what to, to perform to, to stick around so but yeah, yeah, he's he has enough talent to be able to uh, to um, get a, get with a team in the league. Tim Stevens, my guest from Herald Dispatch, the TBT going on Wednesday will be the finals of at least the regional. Heard that unable to get to the bracket championship. A lot of people were hoping it would be Best Virginia versus Heard that for a chance to go to Dayton, and it was kind of surreal watching this tournament. You would think that the fan bases for Heard That and for Best Virginia might not necessarily get along, but it felt like they got along and they were they were with each other. You know, describe that just being surrounded by it for a few days. Oh, one of the most astonishing things of it was um, when when the uh, you know, Best Virginia fans, the WVU folks, were coming in um, for their game, which was right after Marshall's or right after Heard That last night, and they're in the in the seats uh, and they were only getting into it because this was a great game, and they start joining with the Heard That fans and chanting, "Let's go Heard!" You know, whoever would have thought. You'd have anybody from WVU doing that, or your marshal supporting the you know the WVU players. But but that's how it was last night. They really would wanted to see that matchup, uh, and they were. I think there was a lot of state pride there because the state of West Virginia was getting showcased on national TV. Uh, you know, John Elmore was talking about, Stevie Browning was talking about what a you know what a basketball state West Virginia is. What a great basketball state, and they proved that last night. I mean, this this kind of a tournament, you know, in in, in a lot of places. It probably wouldn't draw flies. Here it draws you know, six, seven thousand people. It was, uh, and they were loud and they were into it. So if I'm if I'm TBT, I'm bringing the regional back to Charleston, you know, or back to West Virginia, whether it's in Huntington or Morgantown or Charleston or wherever. Uh, I'm bringing that back uh, uh, again because they they made a they had to have made a boatload of money off of that with uh, as big a crowd as it was and as enthused as, as they were. That looked really good on TV. So. In that last night, uh, the state and, and players from both schools and ESPN as well, they all got their got their money. Yeah, and I think Team 23 also came out as a as a villain. It was almost like a, a setup to a wrestling pay-per-view here. You got the face, you got the heel, and heard that was the face, and Team 23 came out as the heel. They, they did. They were going to want to the Iron Sheik or something. <laughs> there was. Uh, we got to go way back on that one, huh? But yeah, they they were kind of kind of villainous, and early on, uh, you know, one of their players you know, fouled John Elmore pretty hard, uh, and that just made him even more of a villain for the crowd. So it really bumped it up, and, and you couldn't have couldn't have drawn it up any better, other than I heard that victory to satisfy that crowd. They were they were so into it. It was it was like a I don't want to say it was 
like a Marshall-WVU game, but it wasn't far off, and, uh, or a Marshall-Chattanooga game from back in the day. It was just a boatload of fun, so much more than I thought it would be when I went up there to cover, uh, cover it initially. Well, unfortunately, heard that won't be there, but good news, Best Virginia beat D2 yesterday, and they will have an opportunity to move on to Dayton if they can defeat Team 23. What do you think Best Virginia's chances are against this Team 23? They can beat Team 23, but I tell you what, if I'm a betting man, my money's on Team 23. I mean, those guys are really good, and that's you know, nothing against the uh, you know the Best Virginia players or anything like that. Uh, if, if, if Team 23 can can get up early like they did yesterday on Thursday, they have a real shot at winning that game. Uh, they wear down, you know, they wore down a little bit as hurt that kind of started to pick it up. And uh, this best Virginia team is, you know, they've, they've had their lapses, but they've come through late when they had to. So, so uh, you know, they, they might, might well have to do that against team 23. But man, those guys, those guys can play. I was really, really impressed with them. Um, the, physically, you know, best Virginia can, can match up with, uh, with those big guys pretty well, but they, they really, really better take care of the basketball and come to play because team 23's guards are quick, uh, very handsy, and man, they they kick the ball out and take it to the basket in a hurry. My guest, Tim Stevens from the Herald-Dispatch, the basketball tournament taking place once more Wednesday, Charleston Coliseum, the opportunity there for the state to really showcase itself uh, in in that game. I almost wish, though, that both teams were in a different bracket from each other mm-hmm. just to get two teams maybe an opportunity to get to Dayton but at at the same time I think Charleston and the TBT really got what it wanted with both of those teams and from a, a national standpoint you're seeing heard that in Best Virginia getting a lot of of national love at least on social media now, what does that translate to for the state in the future other than maybe the TBT coming back and for the Marshall and WVU programs, since these are two offshoot programs, these are alumni teams based off of Marshall and West Virginia. Oh, I think you know, kids watching that uh, who might be uh, college basketball prospects, so they look at those games and think, these guys can really play. Yeah, you know, they look at, at, at heard that, and, and maybe they haven't heard a lot about Marshall, not real familiar with Marshall years, but they, they watch this on national TV and say, oh, all those guys play at Marshall, they must be pretty good. Maybe I ought to... Uh, Maybe I ought to pay a little more attention to them. And, and, and same thing with West Virginia. They're uh, they're really good, and, and you know, WVU's program is is a bit more well known. But and, you know, again, it's the state of West Virginia, uh, and you know how it is. You know, a kid in California doesn't know a whole lot about West Virginia. Well, if he watches that on TV, he sees this is this is really good basketball back here. So that's uh, that's something I think that that both programs it can't hurt them at the very least it can't hurt them and it could could really well help with the exposure and the, and the perception of how good basketball is here in this state Tim Stevens joins me from the Herald Dispatch okay Tim uh, I'll talk a little high school with you real quick but before we do that um, I've got to find out what the dad joke of the day was in slack because I, I have been told that's still a thing <laughs> that is still ongoing I need to know it's still going we're on a roll. Today's was, uh, I think uh, uh, I had Luke Creasy ask me how many push-ups I can do. And I told him, well, if it's the orange orange sherbet kind, I can do at least seven in one sitting. So. <laughs> See, and I just spoke with Luke Creasy earlier today, so I didn't know what the joke of the day was, but he uh, indicated to me, but it's still going. <laughs> it's 
It is, much to the chagrin of most of the people in the newsroom, it is still going. So, so you know, we've uh, every now and then I get off a good one they like. You know, my doctor told me to walk three miles a day, so I did. And a week later, I was in Ironton. You know, they kind of like that one. So, you know, but uh, uh, we still, you know, I'll, I'll take laughs or I'll take groans. Either one is good for me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you're getting a lot of groans. Uh... That's right. Tim's... Well, that's because my jokes are so juvenile. Now they're all grown, you know. Oh, uh, see, here yeah. we go. Here we go. Uh, Tim Steve is my guest. <laughs> so in between all of this, high school, getting back to some sense of being normal once again. And yeah, you've been covering that a little bit. Uh, we had an event recently, 7 on 7. You know, what are you, um, what are you looking forward to as we get closer to actually playing maybe normal high school football game? looks like we're going to, you know, I, you don't want to get your hopes up and then have it all, you know, oh, we're going to stop it all again. But it looks like we're going to have an actual normal season. You know, we're going to have uh, people in the stands, have stands full, no masks and, you know, none of this. Oh, are they going to play this week? Or, you know, are they red or green or purple or orange or yellow or, or your polka dot, whatever it is on the map? And, you know, we're actually going to have real high school football. And I know everybody that I've talked to on, on all of these teams are really excited about that. Uh, I was out of the 7-on-7 seven seven at Huntington High just the other day, and it had Huntington High, Spring Valley, Winfield, Fairland, Raceland, Boyd County, and Tulsa. And everybody I talked to on those teams was just, just really, really happy to be out there. The attitude was uh, was different than I've ever seen in a preseason before. I think the, the kids and the coaches and the parents are, are really cherish the opportunity to play football. They're not taking it for granted like we would, might, might tend to in the past. Tim Stevens in the Herald-Dispatch. You won't get any dad jokes, but you will get uh, a lot of stuff on the TBT this week and high school sports. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, you're going to be in championship uh, mode tomorrow. You're going to head back up one more time? Actually, I think uh, our, our Charleston guys are going to cover it uh, there tomorrow. As you know, Wednesdays, I teach my youth group at church. So so uh, we'll be, I will be uh, dealing with all of those those great kids tomorrow. And I, I think uh, one of our Charleston guys, uh, probably Nick, will be covering it tomorrow. But I'll be keeping track of it most of that. Could uh, have been a field trip. Yeah, but, you could have taken the youth group. It would have been a field trip. You could watch Tim I, work. I, I could. I could, but with tickets being about thirty-eight bucks to sixty bucks a piece, um, yeah, yeah, I tell you what, you foot the bill and I'll take them. You got a deal? Do you realize where I work? <laughs> You're the same kind of job I am. I know. I know. <laughs> you remember the? Hey, you remember the? Shot. You remember the cartoon Ducktales? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you, yes. you remember the guy who had the the money vault and he just swam in it? Yeah. Okay. I work for that guy. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. I work for that guy. I understand. I certainly do. That's pretty good. So. Tim Stevens, well, my guest. No. Uh, I might be applying for a job with you soon after that statement. So just uh, keep uh, keep me in mind. Come on over. We'll take you. Be uh, glad to have. We can't pay you anything, but hey, we'll be glad to have. Okay, so basically, it won't be uh, it won't be much of a transition at all for me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man, that's pretty good. You might you might be with us here before long. But yeah, hey, we got a new building, so you know you'll, you'll like that. Okay, there you go. Because again, I crack a couple more of those. I might be with you. And uh, at that on that point, Tim, have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch. Soon might be a reference on my resume after those remarks. We will continue with what's happening in Conference USA. 
Conference USA preseason awards coming out today. Marshall, not among the recipients. We'll tell you who did get the honors when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conference USA releasing the league preseason football award winners today as chosen by the league's 14 head coaches. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Paul Swan, your host here on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Marshall did not win any of those preseason awards, but one honor that was added to the Thundering Herd's resume goes to Grant Wells today. He was named as a Davy O'Brien honoree for today. I mean, just a few minutes ago. We actually just found out a couple of minutes ago. So selected to the Davy O'Brien National Quarterback Award watch list. That's pretty good for him. Conference USA awards coming out today. These are preseason Conference USA award winners. As I mentioned, league's 14 head coaches. So coaches voting and UTSA junior running back Sincere McCormick selected as the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. Western Kentucky senior defensive end D'Angelo Malone. He was picked to take home the Defensive Player of the Year honor. And UTSA junior punter Lucas Dean, he was named Special Teams Player of the Year. So these are your preseason recipients, and that means now people will be gunning for Sincere McCormick, be gunning for D'Angelo Malone. Uh, As a punter, I don't know if anyone's really gunning for uh, the punter. But with that said, more awards at least coming the Thundering Herds way, or at least more honors. It's an award. It's a certificate, right? You get a certificate at least, right, after this? So he gets on the Maxwell list Monday, and so today he's on the O'Brien list. People are going to pay attention to Grant Wells, and that's good for Marshall. That's good for Grant Wells. That's good for the young man. So that means people are going to be paying attention and keeping an eye on him, and being named to the list is definitely an honor. He had a good year. Would have liked to have seen it finish a little bit better, but he had a, a pretty good year. So... Good job. Now, with that said, I mentioned earlier some softball honors coming the way of Allie Harrell. She was named an all-star in the Summer Florida Gulf Coast League, also honored with the People's Choice Award. Uh, The People's Choice Award is selected among the league's coaches and is defined as honoring a player who stood out during the season and was a unanimous vote from the coaches and staffs. What? That's pretty good. Now, if you're selected to this thing, you get to go and face off against the USSSA Pride from the National Pro Fast Pitch League, and that'll be, I'm sure, an interesting, to say the least, encounter, because they can play some serious ball in that Pro Fast Pitch League, let me tell you. Uh, Let's not kid ourselves there. They're pretty good, and I doubt most of us could, could hit on that league. Let's just be honest with it. Most of us we would probably be sitting there swinging a miss in that league. They, they throw some serious heat there. So uh, congratulations to Allie Harrell. And, of course, uh, from the academic side of things, and, again, this stuff doesn't really get the headlines. It doesn't make the, uh, it doesn't make the centerfold. It doesn't get maybe the, the attention it needs. But the volleyball team, honored for excellence in the classroom, earned the United States Marine Corps and the American Volleyball Coaches Association team Academic Award 
for the 2020-21 season. It honors volleyball teams that maintain a year-long grade point average of 3.30 on a 4.0 scale or 4.10 on a 5.0 scale. A record 243 D1 programs earn the distinction, and that includes Marshall. And, of course, you've got Ari Agnes as your coach. She's been very productive two years. Herds 28 and 15. You've got players making all region teams, all conference teams. you got specialty awards. And, of course, you want to show that you're getting it done in the classroom as well. So the Thundering Herd making some noise there, including players making the honor roll in Conference USA. And volleyball season's almost upon us here. Herd's getting back in action. 27th and 28th, August, in the Cam Henderson Center. You get the Marshall Invitational. Herd's going to face off against Alabama, Miami of Ohio, Austin P. And yes, I will call them Miami of Ohio. I know they don't like that. That's why I'm using it. I'm just going to be blunt. It is Miami of Ohio at all times. So congratulations to the volleyball team and what they have been doing so far. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We will wrap it up with you. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Baseball action coming up tonight, 9-15 is our airtime. Pittsburgh taking on Arizona. We'll have that action for you as well tomorrow. Afternoon baseball, no show tomorrow. Afternoon baseball. I know it comes at the worst time for me because tomorrow we're going to have the media event for Conference USA's East Division. So I'll be there. I'll be watching it. I'll be on Zoom. But I won't get to talk about it with you tomorrow, at least on air. So we'll be back on the air with you on Thursday. So looking forward to that. But that's what's coming up tomorrow. we got baseball action in the afternoon. It's the getaway game for the Pirates as they're facing off against Arizona. Late one last night, wasn't it? I know most of you were probably up anyway, watching her, that, and then Best Virginia. You don't have anything other than the NBA Finals tonight to get in your way there. Oh, by the way, that's a big one coming up tonight. We go in the air 8 o'clock on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Again, Game 6, the final game here in the NBA Finals. As I have predicted, Milwaukee has come back from a 2-0 deficit to take a series lead, three games to two. We'll close it out tonight. I told you to take them in six. I told you it's going to happen tonight. And if it doesn't happen, well, we're going to be talking about it on Thursday. So that's uh, that's not, I'm not worried about that, though. That's not going to happen because it's it's over. It's over tonight. I sound confident. Do you believe me? Should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. And of course, and of course, uh, we will definitely have all of the Conference USA stuff we can handle here in the next few weeks because uh, after media days, this thing's going to really open up. We're going to have more preseason watch lists announced. So I'm looking forward to it. Watch season is here. Watch season is the precursor to football season. Believe it. So when the watch list come out, that means we're in serious. Not the SEC kicking off media days. No, no, no. The real season begins when watch season begins. 
And with that said, that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate my guest, Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch showing up today and doing the honors. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We have baseball action on Wednesday. So again, no show tomorrow. There will be baseball in my place. I'll be back here on Thursday to do it all over again with you on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.